You know, on most TV shows, we will call it November Sweets, but it seems like NXT and NXT UK are turning up the heat. Hello, everyone. This is Lobo Boyce. You're locked into Draped in Gold, the unofficial NXT UK and NXT post show. Thank you so much for following us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Switch. And if you're on that Switch, hit me up and follow me, right? This show, Draped in Gold, is brought to you by Game Aware. Suit up and play on! at gmrware.com. Use promo code FLOBO for a discount. But as always, I am not alone. I have to introduce the man who is applying to be the managers for Pretty Deadly. Give it up for Jack Farmer. If there's anyone with the face to manage Pretty Deadly, it's this guy. Am I right, folks? I don't know. Man, <laughs> FLOBO, the sweeps, sweeps month is right, man. I feel like we were treated to so many good matches over the course of the past two days. We're spoiled, Flobo. Spoiled <laughs> like bad milk. We get so much good <laughs> stuff. I can't believe we didn't have to pay for any of it either. This is amazing. It was a great couple of shows. Anyone related to the gold brand, whether it's on this side of the pond or the other, should be very proud of themselves. Oh, absolutely. But as always, we're going to start with it. this other side of the pond, NXT UK. Uh... What just happened today? Women's NXT UK Women's title was on the line. Kaylee Ray against Piper Niven. Falls count anywhere. The first Falls count anywhere match I remember on the brand wholesale. Definitely since the soft reboot. And Kaylee Ray retains with the help of Ginny. What happened, Jack? Well, it was the first Women's Falls Count Anywhere match uh, for the for the brand ever, per uh, what they said on commentary. But I think what really showed through, Flobo, what really happened here is Kaylee Ray, she proved that her toughness is second to none. The way that she bounced back from the absolute ambush by Piper Niven in the beginning, and uh, the fact that she was able to fight back Flobo, it was incredible. Incredibly inspiring. I was inspired by <laughs> Kaylee. Inspired by how she was able to fight back from the fact that Piper just attacked her right off the bat, was hitting her with pipes, hitting her with everything. Piper may, must have forgotten that this is wrestling. She kept hitting her with all these weapons the entire time. But still, Kaylee Ray found a way to fight back, found a way to overcome. And I said from day one, Kaylee Ray's ability to control the division as a whole is what sets mm-hmm. her apart from everyone else. And it was the division as a whole that ended up making all the difference in the world in her retaining in a big, big way tonight. The fact you call Kaylee Ray inspiring is very troubling. Are you a Slytherin too? I mean, Kaylee <laughs> Ray's been an absolute snake on top of the food chain. To your credit, she is on top of the food chain. But Ginny gets involved. And I don't know about you. Ginny has said she wants to go for that NXT UK championship. But do you want to do that at the expense of Piper Niven? She still is pretty formidable. That match could put her at a disadvantage for the fashionista. You know, I thought it was really great to see Ginny stand up for herself against such a bully like Piper. The fact that Piper is attacking her mid-match was completely uncalled for. In fact, Piper being such a bully, when is Piper ever going to pick on someone her own size? I see her always picking on people smaller than her. Piper needs to stand up to people who are her own size instead of picking on smaller people Ginny I think it was amazing that you stood up for yourself and you made a difference did the right thing it was incredible to see and I hope that Piper takes this and uh, and really learns from her and finds again that this isn't some kind of weapon bash show it's a wrestling show learn to wrestle learn to wrestle get in the back of the line first 
where you belong, learn to wrestle instead of using weapons all the time, and and uh, maybe maybe watch some Kaylee Ray matches and learn how to be a champion. Tell him Piper never pick on someone her own size. With Rhea Ripley stateside and Nina Samuels on the other side of the division, Piper's only heavyweight around, so I don't really know who's going to be the next challenge, but I want to see uh, Jenny get her comeuppance for getting involved in a matchup where she wasn't supposed to be a part of. I'm just saying, maybe a villain gets her comeuppance, man. It was such an incredible moment, though, I think. Really a highlight moment of a week filled with highlight moments when Jenny showed up at the end and hit Piper, sending her off of the pile of stuff into another pile of stuff that Kaylee Ray also having the wherewithal to take that moment and use it to win. Really an incredible moment all around. And I think I think we would agree, though, that this match was incredibly hard-hitting, incredibly tough, and a round of applause to all involved. But what if Ginny hit Piper and Piper landed on Kaylee Ray? Would that be considered a backfire? Or does it matter who won the match if you're Ginny? If you're Ginny, I think... I think she didn't get what she wanted. I think if you're Ginny, you wanted Piper to win because I think Kaylee Ray is unstoppable. Piper, maybe Ginny has a chance. I think she proved she has a chance against Jenny tonight. Or uh, Ginny proves she has a chance against Piper tonight. Uh, but Kaylee Ray, I don't see anyone stepping up to her. Uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to Will Five Stud Muffins. He loved the main event and the Jack called Piper the bully. Yes, he did because Jack is watching an alternate universe of NXT but UK. Hop on the treadmill and run the tape. It is clear that Piper likes to pick on people smaller than her, even people that she shouldn't be picking fights with. She's picking a fight with Ginny in the middle of a match. That's, that's not how bully. tapes work. There's no treadmills that's a, in t- <laughs> That's a. That's a. It's a it's a play on words, Flobo. It's I hate very those. I hate and those. It's very, very, very good of me. Very talented. I'm very talented. Let's talk about the our opening matchup today. Gallus Boys on top. That's for those who are wondering in the DMs what this GBOT sounds for. Joe Coffey had a match against Sam Gradwell. I don't want to sound like an insider here, but technically both men are antagonists is the word we like to use around these parts. But Joe Coffey is once again is on top. Sam Gradwell 0-2 since his return from his injury, uh, focusing on the knee once more. Jack, two questions for you. One, mm-hmm. is Sam Gradwell beginning to endear himself to a fan, uh, to, our, to the fans and, and hopes to becoming a protagonist? And with Joe Coffey with a win today, it does seem he's on a collision course with Alexander Wolf. Where would you put the Gallus boys? So I want to start with Sam Gradwell, and I think you're on to something here. He has he showed me something today, Flobo. He showed me, much like Dragonoff, actually, that he he's so tough. He earned my respect. I didn't want to like him at first. I'll be honest, that the hair puts me off. But I think the Jealous. day he took such a beating, such a uh, he took such a beating, but he fought through so much. He's in such incredible shape. And even though his knee was killing him, he still continued to fight through. Uh, I think there's good things for him. I think he's just had a really tough go of it based on the opponents he's had. Gallus is no easy feat to to stand up to i think he stood up to them i think he did a great job with them and uh, i think good things are coming to him he he earned my respect again much like Dragonoff did in taking a beating but keeping on going good things for him i liked i liked his showing here today 
If Sam Cradwell, if you're listening, Jack Farmer says he's inspired by you, which is a kiss of death. Uh, <laughs> but about Joe Coffey, he's out there celebrating, kind of out of character, it's all good. But Alexander Wolf gets involved and they had a bit of a, a stare down because uh, you'll probably defend Alexander Wolf here trying to do an instant promo. But if I want to be that that entitled wrestling fan, and I can say Gallus has a feuded with Imperium before, why is this time any different? Why is this time going to be something special if they ever come to blows? I want to first just talk about Joe Coffey, the Iron King. Joe Coffey, by the way, reminds me of uh, some coffee, www.thebrosters.com over, uh, use promo code BROCODE1, but Joe Coffey, he just feels like the next in line for the title, doesn't he? I mean, he's got such a mix of toughness and technique and brawling and that old school grit. And I love that image of him standing in the ring with his arms crossed and the blood on one side of his face, like a bloody version of the Braveheart face paint. Uh, he just seems unstoppable to me. He just seems like someone who who really should be in that title picture. And Gallus, like I've said, just an unstoppable force. I always call him the UK version of American Cowboys. I love those guys. I think that they're amazing. They're just looking unstoppable all around. They may be the UK's version of Draped in Gold very soon. Wow. Okay, that's high praise and all that. But uh, I do like Gallus myself. I mean, Joe Coffey is a former two-time number one contender, and he headlined all those takeovers, you know? He's the real deal. I don't know, man. If, if Alexander Wolf is on one half of Imperium against Gallus, I'm not sure how this one would be any different than the last one, but that's just me. I think Alexander Wolf, man, he's trying to do his job. He's trying to cut a promo, and you've got these guys making a big stink behind him, and... I am super excited to see Imperium start to impose some control and some discipline in that locker room. Imperium is an absolutely unstoppable force. I don't see anyone stopping Walter. I don't see anyone stopping the Imperium guys because they're talented. They understand how to wrestle and they respect the ring. They're an unstoppable force. You know, they're not going to let you in the group, Jack. I don't know why you're so favorable of them, but that's okay. I'm, I'm trying to wear – I'm wearing my as close to a, an Imperium jacket as possible. I want to be a part of the team. Guys, I respect the ring. I think it's pretty darn cool. You should let me in. I think we'd be a dynamite group. Anyway, Lead of Week is also airing our sister show on social media and on Spotify. Uh, that's the AEW Dynamite after show. Uh, okay, so one thing I thought was pretty much a highlight is – Sid Scala is now going to sanction defenses of the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, and the true Cruiserweight Champion, Jordan Devlin, took offense to that. Of course things should be sanctioned. He's the one true champion, but it looks like Amir Jordan is going to be the first one in line to actually have a match against the real and official NXT UK Cruiserweight Champion. I agree. He is the official and real NXT UK cruiserweight champion. But and I enjoyed this. I love Jordan Devlin. There is no but. Jordan Devlin's the ace. And I love the way he just twisted the knife saying no one wants to be a tag team. What a way to drive a wedge between two guys who are now trying to also get that cruiserweight gold. What a Great use of mind games. Jordan Devlin, you don't get to the top just by being good. You get to the top by being smart. And Jordan Devlin is showing that he has the smarts to do all the things he needs to do to remain on top. Kind of like a Kaylee Ray. I don't like the fact that you and I agree. 
What's the catch? You agree, we agree because you're you, you're listening, Flobo. You're finally Stop. listening. No, to the no, no, things no, no, that no, I'm no. Not doing you. that. Not doing that. Because a couple weeks ago, you're all like Santos Escobar, he's cruiserweight champion. I'm Jack Farmer, my Jack Farmer voice. But now you're like, yes, I do agree. With well, so, yeah, Santos Escobar is the true NXT cruiserweight champion. I mean, I think he's proven it. He's defended it. How else do you? How else do you say otherwise? But uh, I think when you're looking at Jordan Devlin, I mean, clearly, he's the guy. So which one is it? You can't have two one true champions. Which one is it in your mind? Is I think I've made myself it? very clear. You made yourself very vague. <laughs> you haven't picked a side yet. Which I mean, I've, said, I've spelt it out for you, Flobo. Can you go slower? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. This is a show. We need – I need – I'm just telling you clearly. I'm, I, I just watched Jordan Devlin, the NXT UK Cruiserweight Champion, the clear, obvious one. That's who we're talking about. We're talking about NXT UK here. There's no denying he's the guy. But if Santos Escobar walks into the room – and had a match with Jordan Devlin, who was a true Cruiserweight champion. I feel like we're going in circles here, Flo. Yes, we are. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your boys, uh, Lewis Howley and Sam Soaker, pretty deadly, had a match against my boys, Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter. I don't think they have to quite have a name yet, but they're coming out to EDM trap music with dope tights, which Nigel really hated. Why is he such a sourpuss? Anyway, the match was tag team affair here at NXT UK. Jack Farmer, thoughts about the match and your boys, pretty deadly. Pretty deadly coming out looking like the Witcher and the Witcher's brother who has dark hair making looking like movie stars. These guys have everything you want, primarily the look. I don't know what shampoo they use, but they need to be in a commercial for it. Amazing looking dudes. Great tag team wrestlers to boot. I'll admit, Flobo, I know that you're team Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter, and you know I'm team Pretty Deadly. I wanted to come in here and lord over the fact that my pick, my team won. But at the end of the day, if I'm being completely honest with you, this was just a great tag team match. This was really this is a really good tag team match. I I thought that this was a, a, a tag team match for tag team enthusiasts with two tag teams that do <laughs> tag team things. They look, I mean they worked they worked together really well, both teams. It was fast paced. Mm-hmm. They used their tag team partners well. This was a really well constructed match. I think everyone shined here. I like the new tights from from your guys. I like the new music i like the direction they're going they're putting things together they're trying to get things worked out now are they pretty deadly no but they're doing great i think the big thing that really tipped the scales here is that pretty deadly have been hanging out with eddie dennis and eddie dennis is getting them in 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 their minds in track eddie dennis is getting these guys focused and with their eyes on the prize that's the real difference is their association with eddie dennis i think I think Eddie did cast him aside once the hunt got involved. But I will say this. It's nothing to do with the fact that Ashton Smith called you out on social media last week, right? That you just say this is a good team it has nothing to do with the fact that Ashton Smith was like, tell your boy Jack he's crazy. No? No, that's no coincidence? I think he told a lie on social media when he said he's never put someone's stapler in jello. I believe he's done multiple times. I think he's done every single prank that that jerk Jim Halpert on The Office has done. Uh, but, uh, look, I like the guy. I think he's a, a solid wrestler. He's just not pretty deadly. That's the that's the problem, Flobo. <laughs> no one's pretty deadly. That's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so take a look at our tag team racks at NXT UK. We have Pretty Deadly, Oliver Smith, and, and 
uh, sorry, Oliver Carter, Nash and Smith, uh, Williams and Jordan, uh, Gallus, The Hunt, Andrews and Webster. Uh, it's pretty stacked. And if you had to determine number one contender right now, who would you give it to? You? I mean, that's a tough one. There's, you're right. It's it's very stacked, and I, they're all good. I mean, I don't think there's a weak link in the group, really. Uh, so, I, I look at the hunt. I think the hunt are the guys. They seem to be bulldozing through people. They seem yeah. to have someone on their side that keeps them strategically at an advantage at all times. They've got the muscle. They've got the speed. I think on paper, it's hard to argue the hunt. Fair enough. I mean, that's a very safe choice, solid choice, if, if that's safe. Uh, and our of last course it's safe. It's the right answer, Flobo. If I'm like any dentist guy, it's okay. It's just, uh, if I'm like, Flobo, what's two plus two? And you're like four. I'm like, well, that's a safe answer. Yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean it's a, it's a safe answer? You I know, don't, I don't like you taking digs at me, Flobo. I see what you're doing. You know dang well math is my worst subject. I suck at it. So <laughs> I guess two plus two is four, Jack. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> our last matchup of the, of the show was uh, Levi Muir, which we saw before, uh, one time before in NXT UK, having a match with Saxon Huxley, a guy we're talking about. Where does he go after uh, his match with Walter? It looks like Saxon's on the right tra track. Uh, defeating Levi Muir, but Jack Stars makes an appearance at ringside. As a fellow Jack, explain this one to me. What's going on, man, Jack Stars? I want to talk real quick about Levi here. He's got the best body in Britain, man. He didn't get a lot of offense in, but I think we need to give credit where credit's it due. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> you know, the amount of, no, seriously, the amount of damage he was able to absorb. Huxley isn't a lightweight, and it still took a lot for him to put away Muir. So uh, he's got the look. He's got the toughness. He just needs to find a way to get momentum. Right. Uh, Jack Starr's kind of in a similar boat. He's had a rough go of it with who he's had matches with because he seems to get put right in front of a murderer's row every single week. Uh, but, man, Saxon Huxley, Flobo. I love the madman. I love that old school full speed freight train of violence that Huxley brings to every single match. I mean, do I love catch as catch can wrestling? Yeah. Sure. Do I love counter wrestling? Sure. But you know what I really love, Flobo? I love it when a guy just button mashes every single move he has all at <laughs> once from the very beginning. And that's what Saxon Huxley gives us, man. Yeah. He just comes out and is like, I'm going to flail my arms and legs and throw things around until someone rings the bell. I want to see more of this guy. I want to see them put him in front of someone else. I mean, NXT UK is just filled with such dangerous individuals. True. It's crazy to me. Every one of them feels like they can knock your head off, break every single tooth out of your mouth, totally indent your nose for the rest of your life. And you Graphic. could do that to them, but they'll still keep coming at you. Flobo, this has got to be the toughest roster in all of wrestling. I, I agree. I think a lot of people throw the Bruiser Brody uh, label on a lot of people. You know, Trevor Lee slash Cameron Rhymes gets that sometimes because of the whole look. But Saxon Huxley actually looks the part. But the curious thing for me was the appearance of Jack Stars, a guy that I can't remember the last time he won on television. Not to bury the guy, but I just don't remember the last time he actually won a match. But now he's in a trainer role helping out Levi Muir. What do you think happens here with uh, good old Mr. Stars? I've got all the respect in the world for Jack Stars, but if I'm Levi Muir, I wouldn't be looking to him for advice based on his win-loss record, you know? Fair. Uh, it's It's got to be a little tricky to be like, I want to know what that sales pitch looks like from Jack Stars. Like, listen, I've lost five times in a row, but I've lost to some of the toughest guys <laughs> around. <laughs> you know, if you right. want to... 
if you want to be like me, no, I don't want to get beaten up by Walter and Saxon Huxley and every other dangerous murderer in the locker room. Right. Uh, again, I have respect for the guy because it takes a lot to be able to go out there and, and take a licking and keep on ticking. But and he seems to. But uh, I don't know if he's the first guy I'd go to advice for go for to for advice based on that that win loss record. You know what I mean? I hear you. I, I'm in the same boat. It is kind of weird. Like, Jack, what are you doing here? I told you that to come out and follow my matches. I, I feel like I'd almost be like, get out. Get out of here. <laughs> you are bringing my stats down, bro. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact NXT UK brings us all so much action. Uh, every week, 12 o'clock Pacific time, it's like a nice treat. I got me a little lunch and my little tea and I drink and I watch. It's pretty awesome. But now it's full time you go over to stateside. NXT Classic NXT Prime coming at you from the Capitol Wrestling Center. A lot of things happened last night, but the main story for me, not even the main event, not even not even the appearance of the NXT champion, it's this Leon Ruff story about the little engine that could has been an absolute terror to both Gargano and now Damian Priest. Now, this has taken so many small twists and turns, but I'm along for the ride. Jack Farmer, Leon Ruff, NA champion, the development yesterday, how do you feel? Man, you know, it's, it's funny. Leon Ruff... I didn't want to give him credit, but whether it was a fluke or not, he's in the history books. He's a North American champion. And, you know, at first I was thinking, look, this guy is just getting dragged along by two total stars. But then the moment happened, the moment where I flipped the switch on how I viewed Leon Ruff. And it was backstage when he slapped Damian Priest in the Face and said, I'm nobody's joke. I loved seeing that from Leon Ruff. Maybe the dumbest thing he's ever done in his life because he's about to get whooped. But it was an amazing moment. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and he, he seemed to handle himself. Uh, it was amazing to see uh, see him handle both those guys later in the ring. It's so hard. You know I don't park my car in certain garages. But I'm finding myself still wanting to root for the little guy here. Yeah, I mean, you don't like anyone who's agreeable or nice or kind. But when someone slaps somebody, Jack's on board. And it was funny because this year has <laughs> been so long, it pales into comparison to Apollo Crews' slap, which happened the same exact year. But it made more sense for Leon Ruff to do it because they were kind of treating him with kid gloves. And he's like, I'm a man. <laughs> which yeah. I really I totally enjoy. Now, you're I right. I love that he uh, said... Sorry, I just, I'm sorry, just to go back real yeah. quick. I love that he was like, look, if I'm a joke, take the title from me. I love yeah. that attitude. I love that. Look, if, if, unless I'm the guy with the championship, and if I'm a joke, take it away. But if I'm not, treat me like a champion. And I loved that attitude. I loved it. And, and you know I'm a, I'm a Johnny Gargano guy, so it's hard for me to, to admit this. It's hard for me to admit that I found myself pulling – Pulling for Leon Ruff here, but I did. I'd, I'd be a liar if I said otherwise. And you know me, I've never lied in my life. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Look your shots of Vesper of Evil. Vesper of Evil, thank you. She's going she's gonna to be featured in that Everything Tournament, which is going to go live in like half an hour from the time this is recorded over on the Coco's Tina channel. And Dylan Matthew says, Leon Ruff needs a kid's size belt. Yeah. Oh, and also he says that Apollo Crews slap hurt me. I'm over 13,000 miles away. Dude, that Apollo Crews slap was – that was tough. That was a tough one. That shit went a slammy. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. A slappy? A, a slappy? I, I feel like believe... I said, that slap – I felt like that slap was so hard that the hand imprint was on the other side of the face. Ow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, this is kind of inconsequential. Leon Ruff wins the, the match by DQ because Damian Priest punched him, but then, you know, Leon had his own receipt. So I want to see where this one goes. And it's a little quick update before we uh, go to the meat and potatoes of yesterday's show. We get a little bit more information about that Zaya Lee storyline where William Regal, which at this point in his career should get a raise because he's doing all he can to make sure his talents are okay, goes over to Boa's house and Boa's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know? You know? What's going on? Could you imagine any other GM going to someone's house just to check up on them? Like, yeah, William Regal's the, the goat, man. He just, he never takes the, the limelight. He's always doing the best he can to make a great show. Going to people's houses. I, Flobo, this is a, as Dylan mentioned in the chat, uh, this is a weird, we keep agreeing. I'm loving this storyline. I love seeing Boa really? in his house. I love the terror in his voice. I love that they're saying, hey, we haven't seen you guys in weeks. It, it, it's playing out perfectly, Flobo. I'm terrified of whatever this guy is who marked Boa. I want to know more. I want to see the next story beat. This is perfect. I love it. They're giving us just enough every week, and they're moving things forward just enough every week. It's being perfectly done, very well done so far. I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, you're right. We're agreeing too much. Let's find something we can both disagree on. Uh, after our main event last night, we had uh -oh. the appearance of our NXT champion, Finn Balor, who hadn't been on TV in about a month and a half after mm -hmm. getting his jaw broken in two places the last time he defended his strap, right? And I thought, hey, look, it's kind of kind of weird. He's coming at, after 7 o'clock Pacific to talk. But then he says when after the kings of NXT appear, that he's brought back the Undisputed Era. We have this big 4-on-4 mashup, fisticuff, Finn Balor disappears. It seems that War Game is a foregone conclusion, but Jack Farmer, I want your thoughts on this because I have reservations. Until I hear William Regal say it, it's not War Games. I don't care what anyone else says or does. Until I get a William Regal, War Games! It's not War Games, <laughs> but uh, I don't care. I don't care what the commercial said. I don't care. What, until I get William Regal saying yeah. it. It's not happening. Um, Watch when he does that the Rumble and this changes overnight. <laughs> the Rumble's not War Games, guys. What? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would, yeah, I would have to announce it. every match that way. I'd be totally okay. Uh, I, I, I didn't like this. I didn't like what happened here. I mean, it looked like not? Undisputed Era and, and the Kings of NXT are going to fight. But the women just put on an absolute classic. We'll get to that in a second. Like, for 25 minutes. And they had to shuffle out the ring. For this segment, which could have been before, or why not make this the true main event? Why tell me and have a match go into an overrun with this epilogue? It's, you know, in my notes, I wrote the same thing. I agree. I totally get where you're coming from. I Damn totally it, get it. No, I mean, no, I, I get it. I remember as soon as Balor came out, I was like, what the hell after that main event? That's crazy. I think what was happening is they were just riding the momentum, honestly, like as far as putting everything together, let's ride the momentum. Cause you can't really follow up undisputed era coming back either. Really? I mean, I guess the argument is you could have saved this for next week, uh, but you can't, you, you can't, uh, you, you can't follow up undisputed era. You can't follow up that match. It's kind of a, no matter how they ended it, it would have felt like, Oh, I can't believe that didn't end the show. Um, so that said, I think, I, I think it's okay um, how things turned out. But the biggest disappointment I had, the thing that really like shocked me and kind of disappointed me is that after all these years, Finn Balor didn't realize that the right thing to do was to give the title to Pat McAfee. 
that's really what he should have done. I mean, look, roll your eyes all you want, Flobo, but the fact is Finn Balor hasn't been on TV in a month and a half, and the real NXT champion, the true NXT champion, has been Pat McAfee. Yeah, I think Mash. the right thing to yeah, do... Wrestled. The right thing to do is for Balor to say, listen, you are the guy. You're the guy now. You're the workhorse, Pat McAfee. He have Here a match. is the title. What's he working? You are now the champion of this brand. That's the right thing to do. You're bugging. Because Pat McAfee only had one match, and that was like four months ago. Two, you know What a good can't... match, though, right? That was all right. You can't campaign to be the champion. You can't go to the champion like, hey, man. MJF feels differently. Well, that's another show. It's another universe. <laughs> and also, you don't wait six weeks to go, hey, by the way, you're kind of healthy. You might give it to me now? <laughs> Come on. Well, Come on. Pat McAfee has better things to do than to fly out to wherever Finn Balor's lying in a bed waiting to get the title from him. It's it's. It's appropriate. It's the right thing to do for Finn Balor to come to Pat McAfee. That's just the way you show respect to the guys that are truly at the top of the industry, like Pat McAfee is. You go to him. I thought I, this was could have been a moment that was just beautiful, that was timeless, that I think we could have held in our eye, our minds forever. It it could have been up there with as with as touching of a moment as when Becky Lynch announced her pregnancy and gave the title to Asuka. I think it could have been as beautiful as that, but Finn Balor, for some reason, started going into business for himself, started becoming selfish, and decided to try to keep a title that rightfully belongs to the guy that runs the show at NXT. Look, man, I'm actually not opposed to Pat McAfee being NXT champion, but he has to win a match. And Asuka technically won the Money in the Bank contract and the contract wasn't there the belt wasn't there so i can accept that even though you have a right analogy if oscar was granted a title i would say sure but you can't have somebody with a zero and one record demand to be champion and go oh thanks that's not how that works what precedent we teach kids this is complain enough you'll get what you want this is in the 90s we have changed jack we have changed uh, the listen it tells kids that if you're the best at what you do and you're the greatest then good things come to you Speaking of good things, our actual main events was the NXT Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley on a meteoric rise since coming back from injury against Io Shirai, the standard bearer for women's professional wrestling on the planet. An absolute classic that was, as I like to say here on the show, given away for free. Ah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, the match was classic. It was awesome. And the way it ended, it was totally befitting of both these character styles. This could be in the conversation of best NXT TV matches of the year. Yeah, I mean, 2020, we agree again. The Look, uh, this was such a banger. We we don't deserve this match. We really don't. This was such a good match. It hit every single level. Rhea Ripley, uh, I, I know, you know, um, I know we have our favorites. Uh, I think we can both agree that whether you're an Io Shirai person or a Rhea Ripley person, that this match completely delivered and over-delivered for this episode. And... I'm looking at Rhea Ripley. I don't know what the next step is for her. I think the easy answer is it's time for her to go to either SmackDown or Raw. But I look at Io Shirai, and I'm thinking if you were to rate different talents on a scale of 1 to 10, different attributes on a scale mm -hmm. of 1 to 10, looking at her, her, her high-flying, a 10. Her wrestling technique, a 10. 
her toughness, a 10. Her ability to powerbomb someone as big as Rhea Ripley through the announce table, a 10. She's a 10 literally on every attribute. I feel like if I'm going through the attributes, creating an Io Shirai, you got to make her a perfect score on everything. Floba, what is her weakness? Where is she weak in the ring? I feel like everything she does is perfect. Yeah, it's, it's top tier. I guess if I was going to give her a rating, I'd probably give her that good old 94, 93. You know, that's it's up. That's Brock Lesnar level. She's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. The only thing that's to her advantage is that she doesn't have top strength because she doesn't have a, a top base, but she's pound for pound one of the strongest women in the roster for sure. Not not a strength. She powerbombed Rhea Ripley through an announce table, and you're saying she doesn't have strength. I'm saying that she doesn't have top strength, meaning like pound for pound, she can probably live more than like how Cesaro is the strongest person around her pound for pound, but I'm sure Big E cannot bench press him or whatever. I mean, I don't know how many women are able to power bomb Rhea Ripley through a announce table. So, I mean, I mean, is who else is doing that? I, I mean, I, I, get mean what you, get I get I get what you're saying. <laughs> I get, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying it's, it feels like I, I feel like what you're saying is what makes sense logically, but then when you start looking at the numbers, it's hard to argue. I, I feel like she can do anything. The only downside to Io Shirai is that I don't think she's quite at that uh, every so often attraction. I think she has to be a workhorse champion for us to really understand and get it. And I know it's kind of weird to get that across because you don't want to make you don't ruin the mystique either. But she can't be appearing every four or five weeks. It'll be kind of like, oh, yeah, Women's Division. I forgot about that. Because there's so much good talent on that second tier that you're Dakota Kai's that you're like, where is she getting a title shot? Hey, where's the champion? What's, your, what's the champion doing? <laughs> you know? So that's the only like thing I would give her discredit or demerit on. But that's not the thing about her fault. That's not her in-ring ability. That's not her storytelling or character work or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's so impressive. Um, you know, I've said uh, many times that I, I believe the the greatest of all time uh, women's wrestler is Charlotte Flair. But right now and for the past year, Io Shirai is just on a different level. It's true. insane. It's true. She needs like that level of competition to make sense. And Dylan yeah. Matthews is probably on something. He says pound for pound, Pat McAfee is the strongest male wrestler in NXT roster. Dylan gets it. He gets it. Dylan, you and I, I'm, look, I'm in the chat. I don't have the ability to pull up what you're saying on the chat like Flobo does. He Flobo censors what Dylan says because Dylan is speaking truths here, uh, saying that you know he has the greatest WWE NXT debut of all time, that uh, he's going to go crazy for it when he becomes the NXT champion because he will become the champion because he's the best of all time. Uh, so Dylan, you and I, were on the same page. Moving on, it's a very a small match in the grand scheme of things, but ones I have really big questions about. Uh, Kushida, who somehow makes wrestling in jeans work, Go ahead, Kushida. Had a match against Arturo Ruiz. Now, it's important for me to bring this up because Arturo Ruiz is technically a raw talent. He got drafted to Raw this year's draft, but he's out here chilling at NXT like he was traded. Uh, I wonder if that is a thing. You know, this year we talked about the draft. We talked about why it wasn't NXT involved, but in a backwards way, maybe that thing is broken. Maybe you might see more trades between all three brands going forward. The match itself is pretty standard. I love Kushida's pinning uh, victory, but definitely the Arturo Ruiz thing kind of gave me pause. Jack. Yeah, Arturo, uh, he is, I, I as far as the draft thing goes, I don't try to get too detailed into working out how it all works and how it all is supposed to play out. Uh, similar to just, 
talking about wrestler contracts, I feel like everything I know about it is always hearsay. So I try not to get too involved and to get into the details. But one way or another, we get Arturo Ruiz on uh, NXT, and I love him. I think he's great. I think he has a look. I think he is trying to find a role with his bouncing around between NXT and Underground and you know being drafted and then now back to NXT. But with him... We talked about this before. I don't know if I'm allowed to bring this up, but uh, we talked about the Butcher and the Blade on AEW Dynamite. And I said how they're one of those guys, or they're those guys that have a look that if you are a lapsed fan and you're flipping through, they look interesting. Like, ooh, who's the, who are these people? Um, but they're still trying to find a spot for themselves. They're still trying to find, kind of carve out a way of getting momentum and, and building a spot. I feel like that's where uh, Arturo is. I think he's exactly the same thing. I think he's someone that you're flipping through and you're like, whoa, who's this guy? He's shredded. He's big. He looks tough. He's got like the taped up hands and feet. Uh, I think he's got everything you want. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I really like him. I hope he does a lot of things. Unfortunately, he ran into Kushida tonight, uh, who, by the way, I think uh, he, Kushida had some trouble putting him away. I think this was Kushida from the past before he was really experienced. Um, and also he had a little bit more uh, fanfare and, and playing around before he got as serious as he has been in recent weeks. So this was the past Kushida. We had future Kushida the past few weeks. I know it can get confusing, but this is past Kushida. He's on now uh, kind of showboating again, doing cartwheels and things. But I agree. I loved that pinning combination that was a really cool little thing you did this was a great a great uh kind of move for move wrestling style kind of match i liked them both you know dang well only one kushida can exist in one time playing at once let's look forward to each other and collapse all right i don't want you snark it's present kushida because what is the past because the present doesn't exist Man, I don't know. Moving on. Uh, we had one, but but not one, but two women's tag team matches that and eventually crossed over. But let's look at the first one out the way first. Candice Ray and Amy Hartwell are now a tag team, uh, taking on my pick to break out this year, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. This was pretty much short work, but it was interesting that we had women's tag team wrestling in NXT. It was uh, this this kind of uh, now forever, Kashida. <laughs> Uh, so the, uh, Casey and Caden, they need to either learn to start winning or start over or move on. Wow. Both claims. If you are, we, we like them both. They, they both have talent, but clearly something's not working in this matchup, this pairing, right? Okay. I, I don't know if they've ever gotten a, a win. And yeah. some, sometimes you have. You have pairings, and it can be two great things, but it doesn't mean it necessarily works together, right? So you have to sometimes go, okay, these are great, but let's separate them, right? I think maybe that's what they need to do. I thought that Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae were an amazing tag team, though. They work together so well. I think it's so cool that Indy is learning under the tree of knowledge that Candice LeRae provides. And I think it's so cool that Candice is willing to help nurture and grow younger talent. We really need to give her more credit uh, for what she gives back to the wrestling community. She's a really good person, and she has everyone else's best interests in mind. I loved it. I thought it was great. 
Uh, yeah, I do think that Indy Hartwell and Cancer Ray are a good pairing. I gotta wait to see what more they can offer. Uh, as far as Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, they're actually like the, the the only true tag team set for Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez on the brand. So I think this is more of a symptom of a bigger problem in that division than them breaking up or what have you. Because if, if I realized that they didn't have that second women's tag team match, I would ask, why didn't they win? But because they had like a little, basically a mini tournament when it was all said and done... I don't know. I like them together. I think Casey Catanzaro adding the long tights and and Caden dressing like her, they could be a bona fide team. Probably not a high ranking team, but definitely one that's important. Uh, and Dylan Matthews is is, is rolling on, so he's on one. Casey Catanzaro is yeah. great in the ring, but performance is cringe. She can't decide if she's skipping or walking when she waves. I had the same problem when someone was cutting me a check to wrestle on. Uh, <laughs> but also our other women's tag team match is uh, Ember Moon and Dakota Kai. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, sorry. Ember Moon and Tony Storm taking mm. on Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. <laughs> uh, Ember Moon and Tony Storm. I like the fact they were doing both the we're the good guys, we're working together, but let's get through this thing. I know it was either one or the other. Love their entrance. I think they're ahead on entrance points. Tony Storm is a bona fide star, just the way she looked in her glasses. And Ember Moon is getting closer and more comfortable in her skin. But Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. It's a very similar result. Jack Farmer, talk about tag teams and reassignments and things not working. What's going on with these foursomes right here? Well, the the story is really what happened at the end of the match. And uh, so I'm going to talk about Ember Moon and Tony Storm. These two have been connected since they debuted basically at the same time and or re-debuted basically at the same time and uh it was interesting to see them team together they both sort of stepped on each other's debuts as i said before but uh i'm surprised ember moon even took this match she needs to be telling people she's the star she's the one that's been there longer she was on raw she was on the the main roster as they say uh she shouldn't be here teaming with someone who's on the newer side of things and tony to me in this promo she's the one that's looking to the future because she's the one that really was like hey we're teaming now but i'm the i'm the star here and ember had to kind of uh play catch up after that uh but i i think especially looking uh you know storm is uh storm is looking like the star between the two i can't imagine uh both of these two are going to be friends for long because again they're, they're they're compared too often at this point yeah, I thought that's kind of a weird thing. I, I feel like, uh, you know, from day one of, of Ember's return, it's, he's always linked to Tony Storm. And even though Tony Storm had a bad 2019 for different reasons, she wasn't injured, but she'd had a very bad win-loss record, it does feel that Tony Storm was in mid-season form or closer to it than Ember Moon is. But mm -hmm. again, this sets up war games with uh, the possibility of Candice Array and Indy Hartwell getting involved as well. I mean, Flobo, if that's the team, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, uh, Indy Hartwell, and Candice LeRae, is there a weakness between those four? I mean, I know I mentioned the same, it's kind of a similar comment about Io Shirai, but I yeah. mean, you've got massive strength in Raquel Gonzalez. You've got the mastermind mentality of a Dakota Kai and a Candice LeRae, uh, the experience, you've got the youth with uh, Indy Hartwell, you've got so much there. I don't know if there's a weak link amongst them. And if that is the team, that might be the best women's war games team of all time. You are so good at selling yourself coffee for a living, good sir. That was great. I will buy the pay-per-view in the network. Uh, you I would say, should. 
I, I, I do, actually. <laughs> I don't. I should. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think it'll be a strong team, stronger than last year. No offense to, to Tegan Knox, no offense to me and Yim, but if that were the case, it would be because all of them seem a bit more in the in the mix than it, than it is last year. So I agree with you with that. Um, let's but that, about- it's actually kind of shocking that Dakota Kai has, has, has been on the right side of things this long because it was the last war games that she really refocused, right? Yeah, that's when she uh, became antagonist. Uh, who do you think is the, the other four? I mean, is it going to be Tony Storm, Ember Moon, and then I'm maybe guessing like a Rhea Ripley again? Possibly. Again, if, if Ripley does not go up to or crosses over to Raw or SmackDown, I mean, she's a good tool to use. And we don't know where Mercedes Martinez is or what alliance she is post-retribution. But yeah, I would definitely have Tony Storm and Ember Moon on that team. In fact, in fact, I'll probably have a match next week to determine the last two spots there. If I were Regal, you know? Yeah, well, Regal's too busy for that. He's got to go visit people's houses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk about people walking in houses. You got your boy Austin Gray in a match against Timothy Thatcher. I'm about to roll my eyes and say another one, but it seems that Timothy Thatcher's rent or time in Ciampa's house has come to an end because Thomas Ciampa comes out Tommaso Ciampa comes out, and then after the match says, I want to fight Thatcher. I'm not really in the Thatcher business, the Ciampa business. Jack Farmer, you are walking through this. Is this going to slap, as the kids say? I want to talk about August Gray first and foremost. Why? No one cares about that guy. Come on. Well, to your point, he's a Thatch school dropout, and I don't think we should be rewarding dropouts with opportunities like getting a match on NXT TV. His school is not accredited, Jack. Continue. If our institute is accredited, so is that. It's not, though. <laughs> not anymore. That, it was when I went there. Oh, oh yeah. That kid's perfect. <laughs> uh, so, uh, listen, as... Uh, as was said, I mean, I like Timothy Thatcher. I like that he's this old school nasty man that, uh, uh, as Wade said, he's an old school nasty man with an anatomical torture device. Uh, I, I thought it was a great line. Sounds uh, kinky but, as hell. But, uh, but he, uh, look, he's, I think a lot of people, I think if he had a pretty face, people like you would love him. But because he, his, he looks like a cauliflowered ear, people want to hate him. Uh, if he had like a, if he had one of the pretty deadly faces, we'd all be like, "What a talent! What a what an amazing star we have on our hands!" But because he doesn't look like a movie star, I think people like you, Flobo, judge him incorrectly, and you don't see him for the talent that he has or how giving he is. Even though August Gray disrespected him constantly after the match, he was still there in his ear, ear teaching him more lessons giving him more advice, helping him grow more. Thatcher is someone who's always giving back to the community, and we should be respectful of teachers, unless you're someone who thinks teachers are overrated. Oh, come on. Look, people like you. People like you. Jack Farmer said people like you. What do you mean, you people? Listen, when it comes to Timothy Thatcher, here's my problem with the guy. Is he talented? Sure. You don't get to get the dance if you're not talented. Having a wrestling school... It's it's fine. It's weird because the company says don't try this at home. Has a guy during a school, but if you want to tell me how badass you are, if you want to tell me he's so tough and thatch as thatch can, 
Why are you attacking people we haven't seen on TV we don't care about? Yes, anyone could be jobbers. I could be jobbers in WWE 2K. Does that mean I should have my own wrestling school? Because that's what it feels like. And we sat through that all summer of him beating up nobodies. And so, even though I'm not the biggest Ciampa fan, I was glad somebody who has some kind of history showed up and was like, I'll fight you. The thing with Riddle made sense because it was fun. Ever since then, it's been vanilla, bro. I love that you qualified your statement by saying in WWE 2K. Because I was about to say, I don't know if I could beat any jobbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but it's uh, this is this is the kind of match I live for, Flobo. You got yeah. two guys who are just maniacal murderers, and they're gonna go at it. Only one can be left standing. I think it's gonna be a really intense, really great matchup between a couple of guys who are absolutely shredded. Uh, by the way, Thatcher looked like a giant standing next to Champa. Is that just me? I didn't realize uh, Thatcher was so big. It seemed like he was just towering over Champa. Champa's a small guy. He's like five ten, five nine, five ten. Champa has the ability you can't teach, which is that looking so much bigger than you really are. I always think of him as being like 6'2", at least. Um, but any, in any case, uh, I think they're going to have a great match. I think they're going to tear each other limb from limb. And when I say tear each other limb from limb, I really think that Thatcher is going to try to tear a limb off of Tommaso Ciampa. I think that's what's going to happen. I go with Thatcher here, and I know everyone's naysaying me in the comments, but I believe in a guy who gives back to the community the way Thatcher does. So I got to go with Thatcher on this one. Hopefully we'll get a resolution to this soon, because the last thing I need is more uh, Ciampa on a seat promos and Thatcher's Thatch can promos uh, clogging up my NXT time. Uh, the last match was of the evening was the one that was the most interesting to me. It was a blindfold match, which I haven't seen on WWE TV in like, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years. Uh, for those of you guys who watch the Wednesday Night Wars uh, simultaneously, I am, like I do, this match occurred during the Inner Circle Goes to Las Vegas sketch. And to me, it was interesting to see how comedy was displayed in wrestling in two different ways. Cameron Grimes! Cameron Grimes! Woo! To the moon, McKenzie! <laughs> yeah. uh, I love Cameron Grimes. I love him! According to Dylan Matthews, by the way, he says Thatcher is 6'3 and Champ is 5'10? 5'1? Whoa. 5'11. 5'11. That makes sense. <laughs> I was like, wow, taking shots. Okay. Uh, sorry. Kevin Grimes, Kevin McKenzie, had a match against the one we can't name here in the blindfold match. Uh, I actually enjoyed it at first, even though I realized, man, Cameron is doing the Lord's work by making this funny than it needs to be. Jack Farmer thoughts about the match and the guy we can't say his name on air anymore. Cameron Grimes is a rocket ship going to the moon. <laughs> to the moon, McKenzie. <laughs> to the moon. Uh, I, think, I think Vic Joseph said it best when he said, I feel uncomfortable whenever <clears throat> is around. That's why all. Why is that? But why but, does it make you uncomfortable? Uh, you know, uh, I'll say this. There was this part of me that was like, the WWE gets it. NXT gets it. They understand where I'm coming from because his stare is so creepy and weird. Let's just put a blindfold on him. It'll be okay. We can hide that. But I don't like the way that he I – don't, I don't like him, Flobo. I don't like him. I like Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is fun. And I don't like that they didn't disqualify Loomis right away when he took off his blindfold. Did you notice that? He took off his blindfold. And they didn't well, DQ him. 
the ref was Dax and it was no DQ. So what do you expect? <laughs> well, I can't. Shot. I can't speak for every little thing that happened, but the big thing. That's our only job, Jack. We sit here and we nitpick for an hour. That's what we do. I can't. I can't talk about all the other fluff that you're bringing up i just saw one major thing which was that a lunatic had his face uncovered illegally in a match you don't put a mask on someone without a reason flobo you don't hide them like that without reason it's because he's dangerous it's like it's i don't i don't want to talk about this guy anymore he's well, he scares me uh, the match was pretty pretty solid that was a pretty cool way to throw in comedy on nxt and a very serious thing with war games on the horizon next week on the show, we're probably going to have our preview episode talking about the matches that are going to be announced in the War Game matches itself. But now it's time for the MVP of NXT presented by GamerWare. That's right, suit up and take on the world at GMRWare.com. Use promo code FLOBO for a discount. Jack Farmer, in your humble opinion, who is the one superstar, either NXT or NXT UK, that stuck out for you? This is legitimately the toughest week we've done this for this. Um, I, I have two runners up. First runner up is Leon Ruff. Uh, I, I think he was great. No, I'm serious. This was a tough one. It's a good choice. Uh, I think uh, my second runner up is uh, Io Shirai. I think getting ahead of uh, Rhea Ripley is insane. That's crazy, that match they had. But Flobo, the winner is the greatest to do it, Kaylee Ray retaining against the big bully herself, Piper. Kaylee Ray proved to the world once again that she is the greatest to ever do the thing, the greatest women's champion of all time. She's going to be the NXT UK women's champion for as long as she wants to. Kaylee Ray, if she performs, she's the MVP. Piper Nip is not a bully, man. She's... I, I okay. I, I was going to give it to to Piper Niven for doing superstars, but I really thought the person in the calculus that got the most to me was William Regal because he was dealing with the Gargano thing, the rough thing, the Boa thing. It feels like it's his season finale as we head towards War Games because we know deep down inside that is the pay per view we all want William Regal to come out on top of the little like stand and go War Games, you know? War Games, yes. So we got to end this a little early today because Jack and I are going across a virtual hall, not really, for a special presentation of the Everything Tournament, a show that you check out all over Twitter and on other platforms like YouTube, the Everything Tournament. Jack Farmer, where can the world find you online? Good sir. Well, as you said, we're going to be on Everything Tournament in just a second. You can check me out on Elite of the Week every Wednesday where we talk about AEW. You can check me out on the Anytime Radio Show, which is available at anytimeradio.com, as well as Spotify now. You can check it out on Spotify as long as you have Spotify Premium. Uh, but also, I am doing backstage interviews for the United Wrestling Network, so you can check that out on Fight TV as well. That is a fast I already heard you speak. At all, like ever. I know we're at, we're late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are late. Oh, let's get out of here. Yo, drapedingold.com, learn more about the show. But until next time, do your best and be yourself. Jack.